Welcome to the Grace City Tampa podcast. My name is Alex Damari. Me and my wife, Brianna, are the lead pastors. Our vision is to lead people into a life-transforming relationship with Jesus Christ. We pray that today's podcast will build you up, lift your faith, and encourage you in the journey. Here's the message. Would you turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 4, verse 14? Luke chapter 4. Verse 14, we're continuing in week two of our We Proclaim series. And we are ringing the gong all year long that the lost would be found. You might be getting sick of it already. I tell you what, we're going to keep ringing the gong. We're going to keep bringing it in, believing that the lost would be found. And we're taking some time over the next four weeks to explore characters in the Bible that proclaimed the gospel message and the good news that changed what it looked like for the lost to be found. And we are to proclaim the good news. That, that is what we are to do, church. The good news of Jesus, the gospel. It's the reason that we live in grace and mercy is because there's a God that loves us so much. And our job in receiving that love is to just share the love to everyone around us. And so our lives, our actions, our relationships, everything should be proclaiming the good news of Jesus. And I love our series scripture, Acts chapter 5, verse 42. It says, day after day, from the temple courts and from house to house, they never stop teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. And if the early church is our living, breathing written example of how we're to live for the Lord, then we should never stop teaching, preaching, proclaiming that Jesus is the Messiah. And so we're going to keep declaring that the lost will be found here at Grace City, Tampa. So are you ready for the word today? Luke chapter 4 verse 14 says this, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. I want to say the power of the Spirit. And the news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue and was his custom, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he begins by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. I want to preach a message that I've titled, Declared Arrival. Declared Arrival. Come on, Jesus is here. And what does that mean for us to proclaim? Let's dive in. Before we do, let's pray over the preaching of God's word. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's speaking to us that it's enabling us to become all that you've called us to be. Help us to hear it, to put it in our hearts, and to put it to action today. We want to proclaim day after day 
and house to house all over the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Let's set the scene really quick of Jesus' declared arrival. Jesus comes into the picture and sees John the Baptist. The prophecy's fulfilled. He gets baptized by John and then baptized by the Holy Spirit. And then from that place, Jesus then sets off into the desert for 40 days and 40 nights to fast, to pray, and gets tempted by the devil. Now, something's taking place during this time, but I, I could picture the people of that time trying to understand what the heck just happened. Because all of a sudden, the prophecies are being fulfilled before their eyes. They're going, man, okay, something's about to take place, and then Jesus disappears for 40 days. Like, we would have all been questioning, what is going on? Where did that guy go? But something beautiful begins to unfold in that time. And that beautiful thing is what I like to call good gossip. Now, I know you guys are all a little bit shocked. Like, how can gossip be good? If we look at the actual definition of gossip, it means simply that unrestrained reports about other people. And when it comes with good connotations, there's beautiful momentum that it could create. So for 40 days, people are like, did you hear? Did you see what happened? Something's about to take place. Something's going on. There's this gap where good gossip is just running rampant through the people. Brianna and I have experienced multiple times where there was good gossip in our lives. One of the times was when we made the decision to plant Gray City Tampa. We started reaching out to some of our friends. We started reaching out to some of our closest people, a handful of people, and started sharing, hey, we're going to be planting this church. I know it's crazy. We're moving from Washington to Florida. It's going to be wild, but God laid it on our hearts, and we're about to step out and do this thing. And then all of a sudden, a couple days later, random people started texting me and going, hey, heard you're planting in Tampa. And I'm going, how did you? I didn't tell people, right? I didn't, I didn't inform these people, yet they knew about it. And it was actually so beautiful because some of these people started financially contributing to the church from the early times. Some of those people are still financially contributing. You don't even know this. There are people in Washington State right now who are contributing to this house so that we can come be empowered to do the work of the ministry and go change this region, right? I mean, that good gossip spread, and people started to make the decision, hey, we're going to come with you. Hey, we're going we're gonna to move to Florida, and we're going to participate. And even still, there are people that we're hearing about that are moving down to participate in all that God is doing here. There can be some good to some good gossip. Are you with me? We had a pastor who anytime you would tell him that you were pregnant, he would get up in front of the church and declare it to everyone before you did an announcement or anything uh, that you were pregnant. And so today I'm going to follow suit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I would never do that. But that's exactly what was taking place in the scripture. See, in the same way, the word was spreading like wildfire of Jesus. People don't fully know who he is, but the murmur and the good gossip is spreading around, and the way continues to be prepared. Hearts are open, and curiosity begins to grow. So we pick up this scripture in, in verse 14, and it says this, that Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. This is a really crucial verse to understand. Jesus returns to Galilee, He's about to start his full-time ministry. He's about to step into his, what God has put him on this planet for. 
And one of the first things said about, said about him is that he returns in the power of the Spirit. Why this is so important, first of all, is this, that Jesus humbled himself fully to the place where he became a man. That he didn't just come in like some crazy superhero with superpowers just like setting people free. He humbled himself to the place where he could be tempted. He humbled himself to the place where he became a human just like you and me. Come on, this is good news for us, right? Because what happened with Jesus, for him to perform the miracles and do the things that he did, he came in by the power of the Spirit. Jesus shows us our example. Rather than coming down with all these superpowers, he humbles himself. As we continue in the scripture, and the news about him spread through the whole countryside. Isn't that beautiful? He's just teaching. He's just sharing. And people are starting to spread the news of what's taking place. Verse 15, he was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. See, people's initial response to this teacher was to praise him, to put him on a place of heightening who he is, exalting him because of the words that he was speaking. And from that place, when the expectation is there, when the way had been prepared for Jesus, verse 18 happens. And Jesus reads this prophecy from Isaiah. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery for the sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus' declared arrival would have sent chills down people's backs. In a time when in this region where the people had no real answers to sicknesses or disease or to demon possession. In a time when people would have been oppressed by the rule and reign of the Roman Empire and where religious oppression by the Pharisees and the Sadducees was ruling the region, this man, who we've been hearing the news of, gets up and says that there's something about to change for every person on the planet. He says that he's going to proclaim the good news to the poor. And that poor doesn't mean financially poor. It means needy in the spirit, right? Then Jesus, this rabbi, this teacher, declares his arrival with a mic drop moment. He reads this prophecy, and then he rolls up the scroll, hands it to the attendant, and sits down. The scripture says that all eyes were fastened on him. They would have been so confused. Why didn't you finish reading, Jesus? Why didn't you keep going? There was so much more to that prophecy that you were supposed to read and you should have kept reading it and everybody's listening what are you about to say what are you about to say and I love this if you could put the scripture back up on the screen Jesus's first words without holding the scroll in his hand he says today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing one of the most odd ultimate mic drop moments for Jesus. He said that today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. This is Jesus's declaration of his arrival. It's no longer just prophecies about the Messiah. He says the time is now. Jesus is here. The time is now. The Messiah is here. 
Come on, this is one of the most important scriptures in reference to Jesus' arrival because he's saying right here, right now, everything is going to change in your life for the better. This is the statement when everything changes after it's spoken. The hope is fully fulfilled that the Messiah is here. The ultimate proclamation for the people of that time that the good news is here. And see, what takes place after Jesus says that this scripture is fulfilled is Jesus begins to go around the region teaching and proclaiming the good news. Jesus begins to declare that the kingdom of God is here. Jesus performs physical miracle after physical miracle. People from all over are coming to gather to say, what does this man have? And I want to be set free from this. People are freed from demon oppression. A woman who's been bleeding for over a decade comes, touches the hem of his garment, and is set free from the bleeding in that moment. A man who was born blind approaches Jesus, and Jesus renews his sight, and he can see people who were paralyzed Jesus comes and lays his hands on them and they get up and walk and take their mat and they run Jesus feeds the 5,000 come on church Jesus walks on water he calms the seas he calms the storms and he goes to Jairus's daughter who was thought to be dead and you know what he did he rose her up from her sleep he stood out the tomb of Lazarus and he looked after four days when his body was decomposing and he said get up and walk and Lazarus came walking out this was the declared arrival of Jesus the miracle working power of Jesus empowered by the Spirit of God amen church can we celebrate Jesus for what he's done John 21 25 says this Jesus did so many other things as well that if every one of them were written down I suppose that even the whole world would not have room enough for the books that would be written come on church Jesus says, the scripture is here and now. And then he performed miracle after miracle after miracle, showing people the miracle working power of God. This is the good news. His life, his teachings, his words, his miracles, his lifestyle declared the arrival of the Messiah. And hundreds of years of waiting fulfilled by Jesus Christ. Brianna and I are taking three different couples through pre-marrieds right now, and it's such a fun time, kind of a bit chaotic. But we're walking through these people's lives and getting ready for all of them to get married in the next three months. And when we get to that place in pre-marrieds, I like to walk them through my script of what I say at the weddings. Here's what I'm going to say. Here's kind of how I approach this. And one of the things at the end of every single script that I go over is the legal declaration. Now, this is kind of a cookie cutter offline that I, I've used for years. This will be, I think, my 14th wedding coming up in just a week. And so I've used this same one many times, but I always read it to them to make sure that this is what they want declared at the end of their wedding. And this is what it says. Let me read it to you. Now, because you have declared your willingness and intention to enter the state of marriage with each other and have declared in the same company of God and these witnesses... And have given to each other a symbol of this commitment, these rings, by the virtue of the authority vested in me as a minister of a gospel. That sounds so official. And according to the laws of this state, I pronounce you husband and wife. What God has joined together, let no man separate. And I just want to clarify, that was for no one in this room when I said that, I know. This statement is so powerful. The symbolism of the rings and the weight of wearing them is so powerful. They are true declarations 
But how many of you know that if people left it there and just declared as well as wore a ring, but did nothing after that, the declaration wouldn't have held any weight? If the words aren't accompanied by actions, they are worthless. You can wear a ring on your finger all you want, but if you're not putting the work into your marriage and living as a committed part of that marriage, that ring is worthless. In the same way, Jesus just could have come into the world, declared the arrival of the Messiah, that he was there, but if his actions wouldn't have followed up, people wouldn't have been convinced. He could have just spoken that today the scripture is fulfilled, and what would that have even meant? Even us today, we wouldn't be fully convinced if he would have just come and spoke that and done nothing after that. And hear me today. Declarations have to be fulfilled by actions or they mean nothing. Declarations have to be fulfilled by actions or they mean nothing. It's the same with elections. With a presidential election, if the presidential candidate gets up and gives all these promises, this is what I'm going to do when I'm president. And then they become president and they don't follow up with any of the things that they said they were going to do. We lose trust in them because their declarations were meaningless. And so they have to be careful to not overpromise or they'll underdeliver. If they overpromise, they're going to underdeliver. And Jesus gets up and he's promising these crazy things. Restoring sight to the blind? That's impossible. Especially a man who's been born blind. Oppression? No, years, hundreds of years, we have been oppressed by multiple different groups of people. There's no way we're going to be set free. But Jesus makes these statements, and then he follows up every promise, every prophecy, every hope with doing exactly what he said he would do. Aren't you grateful for that? So where does this leave us in the mix? Beautiful declaration of the arrival of Jesus. Helps us to proclaim it's beautiful. See, our modern-day Christianity is made up of thinking that as long as we go to church and live a good life, as long as we occasionally lift our hands in church and pray before a meal, we should be fine. And our proclaiming of God will just organically come from our lifestyle and the words we say. All of those are beautiful. I'm not saying those are bad things. I'm saying those are beautiful things. Don't stop them. But church... Where this leaves us is I want to make some pretty powerful statements to us today. And I believe I'm about to shake the foundations of your life and call each and every one of us to live out the declared arrival. How to live a life that proclaims Jesus is the Messiah. How to shout with your actions the gospel message. Are you ready for this? This scripture I'm about to read should change everything about your life and should impact every moment of every day. John 14, 12 says this. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing. And they will do even greater things than these. Because I'm going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. What? Greater things than Jesus? Greater miracles? Ask anything in my name and I will do it? That's to each and every one of you. 
That's to me. That's to the guys in the booth. That's to the kids out in kids' ministry right now. We will do greater things than Jesus Christ. We will do stronger, more powerful things than the Son of the Almighty God. You want to know how to proclaim the good news of the gospel? you got to step into the actions of the declaration. you got to do what Jesus did. Today it's fulfilled and he stepped into working miracles. Come on, church, it's written on your life. You will do greater things than Jesus did. That's a promise that we are to fulfill. we got to step out in faith. we got to make a declaration and believe. Jesus followed up every single thing that he said with declared actions. People couldn't help but gather. People couldn't help but listen to his teachings. People couldn't help but trust him. People couldn't help but follow him. Jesus himself calls you and me into the same power and tells us that we'll do greater things. Come on, eight, Romans 8, 11 says this. The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. Come on, in the same way Jesus was empowered, you are empowered. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are empowered. Come on, turn to the other neighbor and say, in the same way, in the same way you are empowered. Why? So that the gospel may be proclaimed. So that the gospel of Jesus Christ may be proclaimed and so that the name of Jesus may be glorified. That, the, that God would be made famous, that everyone would come into the knowledge of him. So many people take John 14, 14 out of context. You may ask me for anything in my name and I'll do it. it seems like an awesome thing. Okay, cool, God, I need a Lambo, you know. Whatever's going to make our life better in the moment, we can pray those kinds of prayers. This isn't about making necessarily your life better. This is about glorifying the Father. Ask anything in my name so that we can glorify the Father. You're telling me that mountains can actually move if it's for the glory of God. Absolutely. You're telling me that seas can part if it's for the glory of God. Absolutely. I'm telling you, you can walk on water if it's for the glory of God and he's going to get the glory for it. Why? Because Jesus says we'll do greater things. The same power that conquered the grave is living in us. Come on, church. We're being called into the greater things. And we got to do things that are faith-filled. One of our ministry values here at Grace City Tampa is faith-filled. And I believe that our faith-filled requests unto God can open the door to the declaration of the gospel of Jesus Christ. My main thought today is this, the miracle working of power of God through believers is the declared arrival that Jesus is alive and at work. Let me read it again. The miracle working power of God through believers is the declared arrival that Jesus is alive and at work. Come on, we have to proclaim the gospel through our faith and through our actions. If we're going to proclaim, if we're going to declare that Jesus is Lord, it's through our faith and through our actions. And if we're going to see the lost be found in this region, the 80% unchurched come to know Jesus and come to participate in their calling for their life, we have to follow Jesus' example and declare that we have the answer, declare that we have the antidote, declare that we have the solution, and his name is Jesus Christ. It's time for a body of believers to pro proclaim the arrival of Jesus. 
I'm going to invite the band up. Come on, Luke 4, 18, 19 says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He's sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind and to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus read the words of Isaiah and the people would have believed what he said because his words were followed up with actions. He did all the things that he spoke. James 2, 26 says this, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Come on, we're being called into a faith with deeds. We're being called into a faith with actions. This faith journey with God isn't just about pursuing purity. It isn't just about attempting not to sin. This isn't just about trying to do your best not to mess up in this life. That's the baseline of repentance. That's the baseline of turning away from the things of this world. We're talking about foundational things at that point. But repentance should lead us to taking action and caring for God's people just like Jesus did so that Christ might be revealed. Amen. I want Christ to be revealed to people through everything that I do. I want people to see Jesus. I had the opportunity to go to a church years ago. I was just a guest sitting in on this night service. And the pastor got up and he started to preach about healing and the power of healing. And he asked everyone to stand up and for people that needed healing to raise both hands if they could. So we all stood up and people raised both hands and he tells the room, now turn around if you see somebody, pray over them. And of course, because I'm a guest, what do I do? I just kind of like tuck my head down, you know what I'm saying? Like, can we be real? Is that okay? I'm like, I'm sure there's people like leaders all around this guy who are gonna come and pray over this guy who raised his hands right behind me. And as everybody begins to pray, I look and I see that no one's praying for him except for his wife who has his hand on his shoulder and she's crying and she's silently praying. So I feel a tug by the Holy Spirit. It's time to pray. So I turn to him and I put my hand on his left chest. And I look at him and I go, hey, without giving me details, just tell me the place that you need prayer for. See, in this moment, I was trying to be strategic because I was coming full of faith. My faith was built up. I didn't want to go to the level of his disappointment of the years of hurt with this thing, whatever it was. I just wanted to know the thing so I could come full of faith. And he says, it's just my neck. I go, okay. And in that moment, I just begin to call down heaven on this guy's neck. I started praying a prayer that I don't even remember the words to. I remember my words just being filled by the Holy Spirit. Praying a prayer over this man, contending and believing for the same promise that by his stripes we are healed. Claiming over his neck. I had no idea what I was saying. I was saying words I have, I can't even remember what I was talking about on the internal side of what was going on inside of his neck. Something from science class was coming out of me. You know what I'm saying? As I'm holding his neck, I let go and he begins to turn his head like this. And his wife just begins to wail. And then he begins to leap up and down 
moving his head around and around. And I'm like, what is happening right now? You know, like, I don't know what's wrong with his neck. I don't know the story. And I'm trying to get the, the story. Like, why are you so excited? Why are you celebrating? Why are you praising God? And out of a very broken voice, his wife, who was celebrating with tears of joy, said, 10 years ago, my husband had an accident, and he has not been able to move his neck for the last decade. She said they've spent thousands of dollars on doctors trying to get an answer, and nothing has worked. And in that moment of obedience of me praying for this guy, he was completely set free. All we knew what to do in that moment was praise God, worship him. It was like you could feel like God was standing right there beside you. It was like you could see God in that moment because of the miracle. I've never praised God with that much passion inside of my chest. I've never been more expectant for what God has done. And can I tell you, for the rest of my life, I will never forget that moment. I approach everything with faith no matter what. When Brianna and I are having hard times with our family, I approach it with faith that doesn't make sense. Why? Because I've experienced moments of miracles that don't make sense. And Christ is revealed through it all every miracle. Would you stand to your feet? Ephesians 3, 20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to his power that's at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen the immeasurable more. He's able to do it. Why? So God can get the glory. Why? So we can worship. Why? So he can be revealed more. Why? So people will never look back. They'll never stop pursuing him. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? There's two things I want to make a statement of as we're concluding First of all, anybody in this room who came in here today and you heard this message and you heard about Jesus and you go, yep, that, I needed to hear that message. And after hearing it, I believe in what you're saying. Maybe you're somebody who has believed and has made choices for the last bit to just walk in a different direction and not live out the life you've been called to. Today, I wanna welcome you back into the life that you've been called to. So I'm gonna count to three and if that is anybody in the room and you would say, yeah, I, I acknowledge what you're saying is true. I believe that Jesus is the Messiah, that he is the Lord. I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand at the count of three. One, know that God loves you so much. Two, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Three, if that's you, would you just raise your hand across this room? You wanna give your life to Jesus. Come on, I see your hands, hallelujah. Anybody else? Come on, I see your hand right there, beautiful. Anybody else? Let's give a moment longer. Next, I want to take a second before we conclude. And if I could get everybody's eyes. 
You have the same power that conquered the grave living within you. You have the miracle working power of Jesus Christ and you are called to do greater things than Jesus. I think what it looks like to proclaim is to step into the action, is to step into the miraculous, is to step into faith-filled requests of God so that he can be glorified. Why? Because when miracles happen, Christ is revealed. When miracles happen, God gets the glory. This is how we proclaim. Jesus shook up a region in three years. He didn't have longevity, he had impact. We're not necessarily looking for longevity, we're looking for impact for the kingdom of God. I only have so many years left on this planet. I'm not looking for longevity. I'm looking for impact in my life. We're gonna make a difference. We're gonna see the lost be found through a group of people saying, you know what? I'm believing full of faith that miracles are gonna happen in my lifetime. That when I lay hands on people, that they are gonna be healed. When I lay hands on people, that prison doors are gonna fling open. When I lay hands on people, addictions will be broken. When I lay hands on people, paralyzed will rise to their feet. Blind people will be restored. Come on, this is all for the glory of God. And if you're with me, would you lift up a shout of praise? Thank you for listening to the Grace City Tampa podcast. Stay tuned for more weekly messages from our church.